This is episode number 87 with the co-founders of Forever Young Anti-Aging Solutions, Carlton Washington and Dennis Dugaloo. Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Before we drop into the episode, a quick message from our sponsor, 919 Marketing. I've worked with 919 Marketing for years, and there's no one I trust more with my marketing needs in any of our businesses. I've worked with them in our franchise businesses, in my consulting business. I've worked with them on the franchisor side, and I love working with 919 because they take the time to listen. They take the time to understand what it is I'm looking to accomplish through my marketing, who I'm trying to reach, and then they help me put a plan together to do just that. I've worked with tons of marketing companies over the years, and too often it's a one-size-fits-all approach, but not with 919 Marketing. In addition to that, they've developed some amazing technology called 919 Insights, franchising's first and only AI-powered analytics platform. With 919 Insights in place, 919 Marketing can identify the exact topics that matter to your franchise candidates and provide the specific roadmap to help your brand become the highest ranking and most trusted resource when they're searching for answers. So if you're ready to start getting better results from your marketing, and if you want a free demo of 919 Insights, reach out to Graham Chapman at 919-459-8157 or send them an email at gchapman at 919marketing.com to schedule your free demo today. So whether you're a franchisor, a franchisee, or just getting started in your first franchise business, make sure to check out 919 Marketing and tell them West Barefoot sent you. Now, let's drop into the episode. What's up, P2F listeners? Thanks for dropping in. Very excited to bring this episode to you today. I'm joined by Dennis Dugaloo and Carlton Washington, who together are the co-founders of Forever Young Anti-Aging Solutions. I love this company. The more I learn about it, the more excited I am about it. Uh, I'm intrigued by the services that they're providing, but it's also one of the fastest growing, hottest franchise concepts in the country right now. And for good reason, Forever Young Anti-Aging Solutions is all about helping their clients look their best and feel their best, right? And anti-aging may sound a little bit, you know, woo-woo, but these guys are taking a very holistic approach to helping their clients not only look their best, but also feel their best through a wide variety of proven treatments and techniques and I'm fascinated by, I read, you know, a lot about, you know, call it biohacking or, or whatever term you want to use for it, but 
you know, the science is there, you know, it seems like every week more and more uh, technologies are becoming available to help us as people take a more proactive approach to taking care of ourselves, uh, feeling better, having more energy. And that's what Forever Young Anti-Aging Solutions is all about. As I mentioned earlier, they have services to help you look your best. They have services to help you feel your best. And what I love about these guys is they're not taking, you know, the same approach that the the, the medical industry has for so many years, which is diagnose a symptom and then prescribe something to treat the symptom. Forever Young is really taking a close look at each individual client. They do very thorough blood work to figure out, you know, what's going on. If they are having any issues, they're getting to the root cause of it. And then they're using their expertise to recommend tailored solutions for each client. And then they're continuing to track the progress so that the the recommendations for a specific client are evolving over time as they start to get better and better results. So this episode goes into to so much detail about how Carlton and Dennis started the business, you know, how they've got to the point of, of franchising it and becoming one of the fastest growing franchises in the country and uh, tons of good info in terms of just laying out the different services they provide and how they are able to, you know, really help their, their clients see quite literally life-changing results from this. So don't miss a second of this episode. With that, let's go ahead and drop in with Dennis and Carlton and Forever Young. All right, what's up, Path to Freedom listeners? Thanks so much for dropping into another episode of the Path to Freedom podcast. This is an episode I've really been looking forward to. This is a a concept, a, you know, call it a subject matter that's very interesting to me personally, and a fantastic franchise opportunity that I want to highlight today. So I'm joined today by the founders of Forever Young Anti-Aging, Carlton Washington and Dennis Dugaloo. Did I get it right, Dennis? Yeah, you got it right. Thanks. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Dennis, Carlton, thank you guys so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Um, Excited to get into Forever Young today. Tell the audience a little more about the business that you guys are building and the franchise opportunity that you've created. So, you know, maybe to kick it off, um, you guys can just kind of tag team it if, if you want. But, you know, maybe each of you just take a, a couple moments to introduce yourselves. And then I definitely want to, you know, give the audience a good overview of, of what Forever Young anti-aging is all about. So give us give us kind of a little little quick intro, though. All right. How you doing? Thanks for having us on the show. Uh, my name is Dennis Dugalo, co-founder here at Forever Young. Um, basically, my role with the with the brand is chief wellness officer. So I kind of help facilitate anything on the wellness side of our practice with our franchisees and in the corporate stores. Um, that's my passion. That's basically all I've cared about as a as an adult. It's just everything's been about health and wellness, and um, that's, that's all I've really focused on. So that's my passion. Very cool. Carlton? Yeah, Carlton Washington here, uh, co-founder, Forever Young. Uh, my title is a chief evangelist, uh, meaning that uh, my job is to go out and crusade for Forever Young, uh, spread the word about what we do, how we do it, and why we're great. Um, I also do a lot of business administration and, and some marketing as well. Um, my background is in uh, mostly business. I was in the banking for a while, insurance, okay. and real estate, and uh, this opportunity came about uh, somewhat out of a, a desperation and depression, uh, being in corporate, um, 
you know, we, we as franchisors, we, we like to bring on, you know, corporate refugees. Mm -hmm. uh, those seem to be the people that, that really are looking for an opportunity. And, and that was me uh, coming into this business. And so looking to get away from things that hurt people, looking to get away from telling people no and giving more yes and, and more of a feel good lifestyle, uh, something to sleep well at night doing. Um, and, and that's what this opportunity has been so far. Um, we help people, we don't hurt people. And so uh, that was the reason for, for getting into this business and getting out of the, the, the corporate business world. Yeah, no doubt. I love that. Um, so, so tell us, I mean, what, what is forever young anti-aging? I mean, we're going to go, you know, a little bit deeper into some of the different services and, and products that you guys provide, but, you know, at a high level, what is the business? What types of services do you provide to your clients? Um, so we refer to ourselves as a vitality center. Okay. Um, so some, sometimes people think we're a med spa, which we do have a lot of the med spa components, Okay. Um, but we're not a med spa. We always say we are not a med spa. Um, the, the differentiator really is that we have the wellness side to our practice. So uh, we break it down into look your best and feel your best. On the feel your best side, we, have, uh, we do really extensive blood work, um, figure out what the deficiencies are in the patient. Um, listen to their symptoms, you know, they go through a physical body composition analysis and really just figure out why they're feeling the way they are, mm -hmm. what their goals are, and then get to the root of the issue and, and solve it and not just put a bandaid on the issue. And, and, and that comes from doing things like IV vitamin therapy. Um, we have our own vitamin line, so they might be sent home with certain vitamins, um, based off blood work, uh, hormone replacement. It's probably the biggest, um, makes the biggest difference for patients. Uh, it's okay. life-changing usually in, mo in most patients. Um, and then on the look your best side, that's all the aesthetics that you would typically find in a med spa. So okay. similar to a med spa, but we're not. That makes, that makes good sense. I think that's a good way to, to present it. So the, you, you really have everything that a typical med spa would have. And then you've got this whole wellness side where you're actually doing the blood work and taking a very personalized approach with each client to figure out what's going on. And, and then it's more of a proactive approach to, to helping a client versus just kind of reacting. And like you said, putting a bandaid on, on whatever the issue is. Right. Exactly. So, so I know Dennis, you said this is, you know, kind of a, a passion of yours ever since you were, a young adult, you know, health and wellness, but I, I'm really curious, kind of the backstory, how did the two of you meet and, and how did the concept for Forever Young even come about in the first place? It all kind of started, um, uh, you know, I, so little backtrack, little backstory. I was at the time I had my own personal training business. Okay. Um, again, it's like, literally, it's all I ever did was, that, was something with health and wellness or fitness always. Um, so I had my own uh, personal training business. Um, I was also a professional uh, fitness competitor and I was coaching a lot of um, amateur um, competitors or, you know, guys that had on their bucket list, like Carlton, he had on his bucket list that he wanted to do a fitness show. And so he was pointing in my direction. We started working together and him and I had a lot of uh, similarities as far as the services that we use. You know, we both were on hormone replacement and we were doing IV therapy okay. and blood, blood work. And we were using a lot of vitamins um, and the thing was, is that we had to kind of piecemeal all of this. There was nowhere where we could go where all of this was under one roof. Yep. So forever young was kind of started out of a void that we saw in the industry. Um, you know, bringing on the medical staff, you know, because initially all we really wanted was the wellness side, um, yeah. and then bringing, bringing on the wellness, uh, or the, um, the medical staff 
they brought that that ex, those expertise in the and mm. the aesthetics. You know, the nurse practitioners and the PAs we brought on. Um, you know, they're you know we can do Botox, we can do fillers, and we're like that's that's great. You know, that's those are great revenue streams and um, very popular. Um, even when we first started, they were pretty popular, but they're I mean it's at a whole other level now. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, that's that's kind of how Forever Young was born and. Um, you know, Carlton and I just started kind of bouncing ideas off of each other. And we're like, we should kind of put something together. And then it just happened. <laughs> so, so you guys are based in Florida, right? That's where the business started. What's, what's yeah. the time frame that you guys started, you know, the, the business initially, or at least started having conversations, you know, identifying some of these gaps in the market and saying, Hey, we, we think we could put something together. That's going to solve for this. That's the, that's the funny part. Um, I, I moved to, to South Florida in January of 2014, uh, met Dennis, I believe in March of 2014, May of 2014, we're in May now, so it's eight years ago, we yeah. formed the business, August of 2014, we opened the business. Wow. So um, You guys weren't messing around. No, no. not at all. Uh, it was screw everything. Um, at that time, it was like, I, I, was, I was still training with Dennis for a bodybuilding competition. So literally okay. all that happened was train, sleep, eat, work on the business and repeat um, since then. And that's pretty much, I mean, we have some fun in between there, but that's pretty much what it's been ever since. But uh, that period of time between between um, discussing in, in, in April and, and, and forming the business in May, it was literally just focused on opening the doors because um, we also had to replace income. And that was a big struggle. Yeah. And so it's not like we had, we didn't have any investors and nobody had a rich parent or anything like that. So, um, you know, that's the biggest part of why we had to open fast. We didn't have time to debate uh, because there was a point in time where income was going to cut off. Uh, I had to leave, leave work and it had to work. So um, that's kind of where the pressure uh, for opening quick happened. Nowadays, people don't really open up businesses that quick. There's a lot of, you know, planning and, and, and analysis, but um, we tell people a lot of time also that, you know, that analysis part also stops a lot of people from opening their business, you know, no doubt. paralyzes them. So let's go. It's like the Lego movie. We built it in the air and, you know, <laughs> just keep going. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the, the overanalyzing, it really does. It stops so many people from actually moving forward on something that's a, a, a goal or a dream of theirs. So, I mean, it sounds like you guys kind of burned the boats. You know, you weren't doing it as like a side hustle. You you left your jobs and said, hey, we're going all in on this. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was like Carlton said, it was just like balls to the wall. I mean, there was, we had to make it work. I, I kind of like, uh, I wrote it out, like basically like if it didn't work, I didn't, we, we never had a plan B by the way, but if it didn't work, I literally probably, I would have been homeless, no car, no money um, because I put every dollar I had into the business plus took out, um, I had great, I always, you know, I've always had great credit. So I just, I, Carlton was actually working at a bank, helped me get a bunch of credit cards. I took all the cash out of the credit cards, put them into the business. Um, so not only did I have no money, I had a ton of debt now. Yeah. Um, I was just barely um, hanging on to some of my clients and being able to just pay my rent and stuff like that on my car payment. Um, but there was like nothing extra. So if everything, like if it failed, like it was, I was, I was done for, you know, like probably bankrupt or something. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's how so many good businesses start, right? I mean, number one, you guys identified a, a big gap in the market, right? Like you said, you were 
you were doing all these different services and, and products, but you were having to piecemeal it together. There was not like a, a one-stop shop where you could go and, and get everything that you needed or wanted. So that was mm-hmm. the gap that you guys identified and saw for. And then you said, you know what? We feel like this is a great opportunity. So uh, let's, let's go all in. Right. And, and I would imagine that has a lot to do with the success that, that you guys have had just that, that mentality that, Hey, we don't have a choice, but to figure this out and, and make it work. So I'm curious, did, yeah, did either think, of you, I, I think that hurts. I think that hurts people a lot. I think we've yeah, seen a lot sure. of people that hurts a lot. Like we have, I could just point in any direction around this office right now and, and, and give you a story of the doctor or plastic surgeon that saw what we were doing and thought this would be a great idea, but they were very well capitalized. And so instead of, you know, us piecemealing and bootstrapping, they're like, okay, we're going to put this chandelier here. We're going to have, you know, this Italian stone floors and we're going to buy every machine that's out there. We're going to open this fabulous business and we're going to crush these guys. It's going to be great. And then at first it used to be intimidating. Now it's laughable. Because yeah. they always go out of business 1,000% of the time. And so mm-hmm. thinking that you um, can go to sleep at night and it's going to be okay, you have reserves, you know, and you make, you make good money, that's actually could be a big handicap when going into franchising or into starting your own business. Yeah. Because if you can Definitely. sleep at night, maybe, you know, maybe this is not for you. The stress and anxiety actually could be a, a massive motivator um, to, to, to keep pushing and, and be successful. So. That's a great, it's a great point. I I 100% believe that I think, because, because here's the other thing, right? It's like, if you've got other options, if you've got plans B, plan B and plan C, you may not have the drive that you need to push through the challenges, right? It makes it easier to give up when, when things Mm -hmm. get tough. And, and, you know, as an entrepreneur, the the one thing that's guaranteed is there will be ups and downs, right? Everything yeah, is not sure. going to go the way that, that you plan for it to go. Well, and so, yeah, if you've got too much of a cushion, I think it makes it easier to give up. I mean, my, so my wife and I own a couple of franchise businesses. We're, we're franchisees with a couple of different brands. Um, I was having a conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago with someone I was working with, and they were you know, kind of trying to compare a franchise versus like a dealership. Right. And so we were just kind of talking through pros and cons or whatever. And he kept getting hung up on the initial franchise fee. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons that in a good franchise, that initial franchise fee makes sense. There's, there's a value exchange there. At least there should be when it's done right. But the other point Mm -hmm. I made to him is I said, look, when you put that money down up front towards the franchise fee, like, that gets your ass in gear, right? That lights a mm-hmm. fire under your ass versus you start a dealership, you got no money into it. You know, if it doesn't work out after the first couple of months, it's pretty easy to just walk away from it, right? So I, I think mm-hmm. that that can be a big motivator, uh, similar to what you guys are talking about. Did either of you have, Dennis, I know you said you had a, a personal training business before. Outside of that, any any entrepreneurial experience or was this really kind of the first real you know business venture that that you guys have been involved in i sold candy in middle school (laughs) (laughs) i was that kid that came to school with candy i'd go to like costco with my parents on the weekend get like a big thing of candy and so i literally that's like i would do that i'm sure i just i think i always had that yeah you know make like 50 cents here 50 cents there but like it would add up you know it adds Um, up i just always kind of had that mentality like i gotta make money i gotta make money I didn't come from money, you know, so like I, I would always try to figure ways out, wash cars or whatever I had to do. You yeah. Know? Yeah. My parents weren't handing me money to here's an allowance. Go do what you want. It just wasn't like that. Sure. Sure. 
I had two businesses, uh, and both of them were major regrets for me, which is what kind of has given me the 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 the, the stamina to stick with this business this long. Is uh, in in the early two thousands, I had a marketing event planning uh, business. Uh, I really was kind of talked out of getting out of that business because it was distracting me from school. But I was actually doing way better in that business than I was at anything else, and so. Um, I gave that up to kind of please my parents and mm -hmm. to get a degree. Yeah. And uh, so that's regret number one. If I stuck with that, I would be retired now uh, by the age of 30 and I'm 42 now. Um, and then the second business I started uh, was right out of grad school and that business was taking off and it was an insurance business and had recurring revenues, business building over and over. I still get paid on that business till today. Nice. And my son, I, I had a, I had a son on the way, got really scared. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, oh my God, you know, it's not steady yet. Mm -hmm. And so I gave up that business uh, to go back into the corporate world. And that was regret number two, because I always tell my kids, if I hadn't given up that business, I'd be making you know money in my sleep all day. The checks still come scattered, you know, but that business would have been um, on autopilot for the rest of my life. And so um, the third time has been a charm like, OK, do not, no matter what, go back, uh, you know, go backwards or go back to corporate, like just just keep going because trust me there's forward. been some times where it's like okay i'm gonna give you a job like this mm -hmm. is, this yeah. is too much man i call it the oh shit moment everyone has it when they start a business and usually there's multiple of them right where you're like oh shit what am i thinking like what what did i do this for this is nuts um we have it is, quarterly it's... oh shit moments <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's it's normal right it's it's part of the process um so so you guys launched the the first location mid 2014 i think you said mm -hmm. like august. some summer august 2014 so how did how did how did you guys go from having that one location to getting to a point of saying hey let's franchise this business or, or was there a, a thought around franchising it when you first started Not franchising yeah, franchising is one of those things that uh, as, as we've gotten into, gotten involved now, you actually see that franchising is an extremely small family. We didn't understand that at first. People would say that it's a small family, a small niche. Most yeah. people don't really know about franchising even until today. I mean, it's it's really quite small. And so, um, you know, we were on a growth trajectory to, to do something. I think at first, though, the biggest focus was to get a steady paycheck. Um, yeah, sure. Because initially... I believe it did us to correct me if I'm wrong. I think we were getting like 200 or 250 a week uh, for mm. quite some time. That's what we were paying ourselves out of our initial capital investment. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it was zero for from August to January. I think it was zero. We took nothing. And then January of 15 is when we started kind of taking like two or 250 bucks a week or something. And that was from one, one location? Yeah. 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 Um, but then we, we figured out a little bit of what we were doing right in that spring of 2015. And that's when we went from here to there. And we were servicing people from uh, pretty much Orlando down to the end of Florida, south of Florida, um, coming all over. And, and, and that's when we were really pioneering. And that's where uh, we were like, hey, uh, you know, let's make this more convenient for other people. Plus, we're bursting at the seams. We used to have people sitting in the hall. I, I like this, this. I don't think like this, but I, I like still it. love when I we would work in the back of our office and come out and there would be people sitting on the floor in the hallway <laughs> and standing all throughout the lobby and I knew those were going to be great days uh they didn't you know I don't think the customers were always that happy but yeah. um at yeah. that point we're like we got to do something 
Yeah, no doubt. That's that's got to be a good thing to see, right? Um, so your problem, original sure. your original location was in Boca, is that right? Yeah. And then, at what point did you guys open up a, a second location? We're like three years in, right? Uh, yeah, so 2000, yes. 2017. Okay. Yeah. And then, when did you start franchising? Well, <laughs> while we're on that, just to give yeah. color to this, just to, to give you the full story, that was a nightmare, by the, the way. Second, the second um, location? The second location is where we really went to school and got our degree in, in this whole business because everything okay. that could have gone wrong in expansion went wrong. And so that's really where we cut our teeth in this business. Mm. And so um, I just want to point that out. Like if it, oh, that's construction, great. construction went south, overhead, employees um legal started increasing so you know legal liability not in regards to services but on the business side okay human resources mm -hmm. um and 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 preserving capital i mean every single challenge oh and we had a hurricane perfect as well yeah perfect uh, complete business shutdown uh here in south florida and so you name it that happened prior to the franchising piece well, that, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, expanding into a second location, it really changes the dynamic of the business versus when you've just got one location, you're looking at, at one singular operation, you start going into a second and then obviously expanding beyond that. It, it certainly does add layers of complexity, you know, to the business. And, and uh, yeah, you, you, Sounds like you guys had had a lot that you you learned through that process, and I'm sure that's mm -hmm. been very valuable experience that you've been able to to use as you've gone into franchising the business and as you're bringing mm -hmm. franchise owners in. You know, a lot of what you guys learned in that period is now benefiting your franchise owners because they're not having to you know make yep. some of those same mistakes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it definitely set us up for that, and just to and you know now it's like so easy for us, like we we've made all the mistakes, um, you know, and figured out so much. We just actually opened a third corporate location and it was like a walk in the park. I mean, it was like, it was literally like, it felt like we just signed some paperwork. We got the, like everything had a system, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was a system yep. to everything. So it was so smooth. It was like, here's the lease, here's the keys, here's the contractor. It was, it was like, okay, the building, it's construction's done. It was just so smooth. Yeah. Like before, you know, we're open, like, and we are, we know how to like generate, you know, kind of hype in the area. Like first sure. week we have more patients coming in through the door than we've ever had in any location. Like it was so smooth. And like, now that's what we're offering, you know, for franchisee to franchisees. Yeah. That's, that's what it's all about. Right. Is, is turnkey, uh, you know, as, as, mm -hmm. as best as it can be. Right. And, and I always make a point with the people I'm working with that are looking at franchises is, you know, they need to have realistic expectations, right? The franchisor is not there to do it all for you. They're there to, to show you the way, right. To give you the playbook right. and, and to provide resources and support. Um, but yeah, the more you do it, the more dialed in, it gets right. It's all about systems mm -hmm. and processes. And, you know, going back to that conversation, I, I referenced earlier talking with this guy about the pros and cons between franchises and dealerships. And this is something I share with everyone I work with, but what I've learned over my time in franchising is a big part of what you're paying for when you invest in a franchise, especially in those initial franchise fee is you're paying to avoid making mistakes that the franchisor mm -hmm. and even franchisees before you have already made. And there's mm -hmm. 
there's going to be an ROI on that, you know, five, yeah. six, 10 X almost every single time. If you look at how much time, you know, you would have lost trying to figure it out, how much money you would have lost making mistakes that you're able to avoid, you know, when you've got great systems and processes in place, like you guys do now, yeah. it's, it's invaluable. You know, you, it, oh, yeah. you can't even really put a number on it. There's two things about that, that we can make comments on. Carlton's got yeah. one. He always says, I'm going to let him do his, but mine is always like our franchise fee is 60,000. All right. Yep. And then our royalty is 7%. Okay. Yep. Our website costs more than 60,000. Okay. So if you go and open your own, you know, store on your own, you got to build a website. You got to yep. figure everything out. Like just that part alone costs more because yep. eventually, you know, at first you might say, Oh, I got my website for 10. Well, 10 is going to turn into, it's not perfect. I need more. I need more content. I need this. It needs to be optimized for Google search. And, th and then it turns into 20 and 30. That ends up being a lot of money, right? To yep. get it optimized properly. That's one thing too. The 7% royalty is, a, is more than a wash because with our strategic partnerships with all of our vendors, you're saving so much money off, you know, just on product and things like that that it's more than 7% uh, back in your pocket, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And like you said, we've, we've made all the mistakes and figured it out. Carlton always has a part to that, that he likes to throw out. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, this is the learning curve that, that we're always in now is that uh, you've already talked about it. Actually, you should make a, a clip a soundbite, not regarding for everyone, but for all franchisees, what you just said and what we're saying here follow the process, following the process. And when they follow the process, they get the result. When they don't follow the process, they should have never invested. They should have done it on their own and then yep. learn the hard way. And, and, and what we tell people is like, look, you know, we're giving you a business in a box based off of all the mistakes and errors that we made. It's it, we've done it for you. We, we've taken the pain and stress away for you. And so we're giving you a discount of 1 million to 1.5 million typically and errors that we're seeing every single med spa make out the gate yeah. that you're either going to be financially savvy enough to figure your way out of, which 90% of people are not, because if they were, they, you know, like maybe they'd be doing a little better. Yeah. Once you get yeah. in that hole, once you, you know, you're a million behind because you bought the wrong product and machine and you made the wrong marketing investment, and everything, unless you, you know, you got a background in, in, in figuring these things out, you're going out of business yeah. and then guess who's knocking on your door. Um, you know, Forever Young or someone similar who, who um, you know, probably some other franchise, maybe a competing med spa franchise or something like that. But, you know, so make that investment. And if you, if it's not about being smart and it's not about not, not being intelligent, it's yeah. about this might not have been your wheelhouse. It wasn't our wheelhouse. And we did it at a time where we were pioneering and it was very painful. I started with a lot of hair. You know, and I have none now. And I forgot so, about that. You did have a lot of hair. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, it is what it is. And, and, and we would debate anybody on that. Um, and we tell people when they're coming for, for our, our decision day process, mm -hmm. hey, you know, shop us against everybody. Go do your due diligence. Tear through us and whatnot. But, you know, you're welcome to do this on your own. But just don't ever forget we had this conversation that, it's not, it's not insulting your intelligence or your capabilities. This is just a different animal. And why make it difficult for yourself? You can make really good money. You make a lot better a return on your investment with our concept and concepts that are similar than your average franchise.
Yeah. Uh, and, and, and quicker too. Right. I mean, yes. I, I love what you guys are saying and, and it's so applicable to, to just franchising in general. Right. And we all know there's thousands of franchises. They're not all created equally. Right. But when a franchise is built the right way, Carlton, to your point, the number one key to success is just follow the system, right? I get the question all the time from people. They're like, why, why do some people fail in a franchise? And I'm like, it sounds like a canned answer, but it's really that majority of the time someone fails, they did not follow the system. They, they mm -hmm. thought they knew better. And, you know, I, I like how you put it, Carlton. It's, it's not an insult to your intelligence. I would say it's the opposite of that, right? You're being smart by investing in a proven system that's been proven to work it's working smart, not hard. Right. Um, yeah. versus saying, you know, letting your ego get in the way and say, Oh, I know better. I'm going to go do it my own. And, and Dennis, what you're saying in terms of how to kind of evaluate, you know, the, the investment that someone makes, right. The upfront investment in the franchise fees, the ongoing fees. I have this conversation with every single candidate. It's a formula. You just have to look at it as a formula. What does it cost me to become a franchisee? What do I get in exchange for that? Right. And if it's a good yeah. franchise, you should be able to clearly see you're getting more value than what it costs you. All right. What mm -hmm. is it going to cost me ongoing to be a franchisee? You guys have a 7% royalty. That's pretty standard. But you're a franchisee is coming out net better because of the relationships Discounts, that you guys yeah. have in place. Right. So, same yeah. thing. Any good franchise, franchises are going to add value in different ways depending on the type of business but you should be able to clearly see, all right, it costs me this percentage, but I'm coming out better because mm -hmm. I'm a, a franchisee, a part of the system. It's, it's such good advice. So I'm glad, I'm glad that we hit on that. Wes here. You may have noticed there's a franchising theme to this podcast, and that's because franchising has had a massive impact on my life. And it's the very reason I'm walking my own path to freedom. In fact, one of my companies is a franchise consulting company where I work with people to help them understand franchising and determine if it might be a good fit for them. And if it is something they want to explore, then I help them navigate the entire investigative process and ultimately find a franchise business that's a great match for them. You know, the fact of the matter is there are thousands and thousands of franchise businesses out there today. And like anything, there are good ones and there are bad ones. Even out of the many, many great franchise companies, not every one of them would necessarily be a good fit for you. You know, buying a franchise is a huge decision and you don't want to wing it. I've helped many people buy franchise businesses over the years and my wife and I have bought and own franchises today and we plan to keep investing in franchise businesses. I love helping people understand this process and help them find a business that's going to be a great fit for them and help them accomplish their goals and ultimately create that freedom in their life that we're all looking for. The best part of all of this is that my services are free to the people I work with. And while I do love to contribute to charities and other great causes, I'm not a nonprofit. I'm compensated by the franchise companies I work with when I introduce them to someone that ends up becoming one of their franchisees. It's very similar to real estate, but with franchises. I have the privilege of working with hundreds and hundreds of the best franchise companies out there across practically every industry. So I can be absolutely confident that when I recommend someone to look at a franchise company, I'm introducing them to a very credible and proven company with a solid business model and great support. 
So if you think you might be interested in learning more about franchising and seeing if it might be right for you, I'd love to speak with you. Get in touch with me by email at wes at path2freedom.com, path, the number two, frdm.com. And also check out my website at pathtofreedom.com, spelled the same way, where I've got a ton of resources, both franchise and non-franchise related, that will help you start down your own path to freedom. And of course, subscribe to and follow the podcast for more great advice about business ownership. And if you know anyone else that might be interested in speaking with me, please share this podcast with them. Thanks for listening to my shameless plug. Now let's drop back into the episode. I also want to make sure we give people a a chance to kind of see forever young from a, a franchise owner's eyes, right? So I would imagine a lot of people listening to this are like, okay, cool concept. It, it seems like it makes sense. Definitely seems like there's a need for it, but you know, I don't have any experience in this industry, right? Or I don't have a medical background. So talk to us a little bit about like, what type of franchise owners are you guys looking for? What type of franchise owners do you already have in the system? What type of background does someone need to, to have a good shot at being successful? Either of us, uh, have a medical background uh, at all. And so we feel like that's the strength of our business actually is because we came in to disrupt the business and exploit the weaknesses that were there, which are doctors typically aren't the, the greatest uh, business people. You know, doctors aren't the best marketers. Doctors, if, if we're lucky, doctors are good doctors. Yeah. And, and, and so what we do is we provide a different way of looking at a medical business, um, which is also different from the medical community's way of treating people. Uh, we are wellness care. We are not sick care. We are for people that want to stay well for a very long time, extend their life as long as possible and have a quality of life. And so our approach is different. Our approach is to, to, to bring an attractive business, a sexy business uh, to people that want to feel, you know, in, in some shape or form, healthy and sexy. And so you, you don't need that. What you need is the, the, the willingness to, to work to show up, to be consistent, uh, to be smart enough, like you said, to just follow a process um, that that's going to pay off for you and to trust that process as well. And so people who also are vested in the lifestyle, which we represent, which is, you know, actively going through life, living an active lifestyle um, where you are conscious, uh, you know, 365 days a year of, of, of your well-being and, and wanting to feel good and look good and knowing that those things are important in every aspect of our life, whether people say it or not, you know, whether people, you know, want to make, you know, being overweight, attractive and cool now, it's not, you yeah. know, um, and body and, positive, and, right? No, we, we don't play that game here. Yeah, uh, it's just not. And, and so, um, you know, and, and through that process, we're helping people to reach better opportunities in their personal life. Um, whether it's their relationships or in their careers. Um, we always tell people, uh, I, same thing with, we would tell you, Wes um, by himself, you know, would never beat Wes on Forever Young. It's impossible. And, and by that, I mean on hormone optimization uh, or the confidence you have from having healthy skin and, 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 and taking care of yourself. And so yeah. we're looking at people who think that that's exciting and would much rather do that on a daily basis and help people and give back than maybe in a mundane environment that they're in now or, or something that they've lost passion for. And so bottom line, looking for passionate people uh, in regards to the lifestyle that, that we live and that, that we preach and for every young people who are successful and that we want to attract are people who are going to practice what they preach, not people who are going to come in 
and tell people, hey, you know, you should do this to your skin and, and do HRT and all this other stuff that we offer, but they're not on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. really don't like that. Maybe you could be successful, um, but we want people that are ready to work. And even if they're an investor type, we still want you to spend some time in the business early on to learn the business, and then you can take your hands off. Um, other franchises are going to tell you, hey, this is fully absentee. You don't have to do anything. Just park your money here. Okay. You know, well, we don't think that that's necessarily a way to go. And we're probably not going to approve you if that's what you want to do. Other people will take your fees and yeah. all day. We're being selected with the people that we bring on and we're, we're doing it right because we realize as franchise wars, bringing on just anyone just because they have a check and they're, they sound right. That's detrimental to our brand um, and, and to everything that we represent. And so um, that's, that's what we're looking for right now. Uh, well, it's, it's so smart of you guys, right? Cause you've, I don't remember if you said what year you started franchising, but you're what a few years into franchising at this point, if that. Yeah. I think we started it in like 2019, but then COVID yeah. happened. And right. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's so wise of you guys to, to understand that, Hey, we need to be very selective about who we're bringing in. Right. Cause it's easy for young franchisors to, to say, Hey, we got people willing to write us a check for the franchise fees, but they may not, you know, be the right fit culturally, or they might not, you know, have the same values that, that you have um, much, much better to really be selective, especially in the early days. Right. Cause a young franchise gets the wrong franchise, like, you know, out of the first 10 or 15 franchisees, if half of them are wrong and don't end up working out, that's a big hole to dig out of for, for a young franchisor. So being, being selective, being very intentional about who you're bringing in uh, is so key. So, I mean, it sounds like for you guys, it's really just, you want people that, that are, are passionate about taking care of themselves and, and living a good, healthy lifestyle. Would you say like, what if, what if someone is interested in owning a franchise, they, they absolutely see the value in what you're doing, but they personally have not, you know, maybe done some of the hormone replacement yet, but it's something that they, they understand is beneficial. They, they want to, you know, use the services themselves and then make these services available to other people. Is that. I just, I just want to clarify. I just want to make sure I clarify though with that. It's a good point. We only do services for, for what the need is. And so there could be a franchisee that comes Got it. on yep. who's my age, who has a perfect optimized hormone profile. So no, he doesn't need to just, he or she does not need to go on just for the sake of going on. But the way that they can talk through that is that I don't need it. And right. when I do need it, yeah. I will. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And as so, long as they're passionate yeah. about something in the business, you know? Yeah. Or, yeah. That makes, that makes yeah. Makes yeah. good sense. So, so you mentioned, and I like that you brought this up, Carlton. This is not a a absentee business, and I'm I'm a big believer that there's no such thing as absentee ownership in franchising, at, at least in the beginning, right? Maybe right. maybe it right. can in get the there in the beginning. We could be absentee now if we wanted to, right? Um, and we we work towards that, and and we just seem to like the pain of <laughs> doing this over and over again, or whatever. But the truth of the matter is. Uh, and Dennis and I are 50-50 partners. And so, the, you know, the truth of the matter is after the first store, we were making a good living. Yeah. Right. And so, and after store number two uh, was optimized, which we say takes about 12 to 18 months, we were making an even better living. Sure. With the third, so on. And so we could go 100% absentee now 
But the reason why we have high quality, you know, high quality uh, financials and numbers and whatnot is because we spent the time. And so you know, I don't want to scare away an investor, but the truth of the matter is kind of like what you're saying is like, if you really want to be hands off with anything, you're never going to be able to compete at the level that someone who's in there. And that's what we're taking advantage of a lot of time is people, you know, we live in South Florida, man. And if you go through social media and we look at our competitors and all these people here, I'm like, how the hell is everybody on the beach or at a pool or at a bar at 12 o'clock in the afternoon? Like, I don't understand that. And, and, and when we look at people who are really successful, even people that I'll give it to people I don't even like, but who are very <laughs> successful down here, I don't, they're not doing that stuff, man. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's a complete facade and, and it just does, it never works. The guys that we know that are the wealthiest, that make the most money, that are most successful, you know, those guys are still working. They're 60 yeah. years old. They're still working. And that's what yeah. makes them so good. When I think yeah. it's, I think a lot of that's just, they, they like the game, right? You know, they, they could go mm-hmm. sit on the beach all day. They've got the money to do it, but they, they just like building something. Right. And, and I mean, the fact that you guys were able to, to shift your focus, you know, largely to franchising is a perfect example that your original locations can run without you, right? Because I would venture to guess that most of the two of you's working time is spent on building the franchise side of the business because your original locations are now able to run, you know, without you guys being there day in, day out, overseeing everything. So, yeah, what I was getting at is, is you know, you, you have these buzzwords in franchising, right? Semi-absentee being a big one. And, and a lot of brands do want to make it sound easier than it is for those investor type owners. And, and I think especially with a brand like Forever Young, I can see why it would be so important for the owner to really immerse themselves in the business initially so that they can learn, you know, everything that they need to know, but also so that they can then go out and, uh, you know, be the face of the business. But I want to, I want to hear from you guys, like what, what does kind of the role of the owner look like say in, in the first year or so uh first year or two what is the role where's the owner spending the majority of their time in the business um you know from your perspective it really depends on the franchisee right <clears throat> like we have franchisees that are doctors nurses okay. we have ones that are you know that have no medical background at all so like i, I recently had told one that's a nurse i said you should do everything the nurse does a nurse would do in the office right and help out with everything else as well, as well, as much as you can, kind of wear as many hats as you can so that you can really learn every position and master it so that when you do want to become absentee or back off a little more, you know exactly how each one of those roles will run, you know? Yeah. yeah. And we have some that are just, they have come, they come from just like corporate America, you know, they're going to just be managing, right? They're going to be there kind of like a, like a GM would be and just kind of facilitate everything. Um, but the ones, you know, the ones that are going to put in that time and, and be in the office, and shake hands, you know, create relationships. They're the ones that are going to make the most money for sure. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I would imagine in a business like this, you know, one of the best things an owner could spend their time on is really just, you know, getting out in their community, creating awareness, developing, you know, I would imagine there's a lot of opportunity for, you know, strategic partnerships and, uh, I would imagine yeah. you guys have referral sources that you're able to to point franchisees in the right direction. And, and I could just see, especially once, you know, the team's in place and, and operationally the, the business is up and running, that being a really good use of, of the franchise owner's time. 
you know, you guys have mentioned that you do have, you know, some of the corporate refugee franchise owners. Is this the type of thing that that someone could, you know, keep their job in corporate America for the first year or two? You you need them to be kind of all yeah. in. Yeah. yeah, burn your bridge, dude. You got to yeah. burn the bridge. Yeah. One, man. I, yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Carlton was shaking his head as I was asking the Absolutely question. Absolutely so not. Need, what a need, nightmare. To, need to be in a position to, to be full-time committed to it as, as the owner. And like we've already established, you know, if you build the business right, certainly you'll be able to, to kind of phase yourself out some over time. Yeah. And, and Wes, the thing is now the difference is I wish you were here right now to see our, our, our initial two locations. They're not great at all. They're, we would never place a franchisee in one. We would never suggest them to be in one. All of the franchisees that are moving forward now are in A properties, A territories with tremendous upside and visibility. You can't even find the first two locations barely. You can't see us. I've heard and stories so, about your your first location. It's like in a dude, in an office building, like tucked yeah, away 1960s, somewhere. 1970s, <laughs> 1960s office building inside, no signage. Yeah. Um, very difficult to find. Wasn't even on a GPS uh, until like three or four years ago properly. Wow. And so um, again, it goes back to following the process. And, and, and so for someone that does, you know, a lot of people are apprehensive, like, oh my God, I'm about to, you know, leave, leave my job. This is so scary. Yeah, it's scary. But what you don't realize is what you've been doing that whole time of the job is spending and dedicating all these hours that you get no return on. Um, and investing all your time in something that where if you were spending that amount of time out in your community, meeting people, building relationships and, and stacking patients and compounding patients over your first year, you'll never look back. You'll never yeah. look back. It's, uh, and so, yeah, the way we do it now also is you're, you're property capitalized when you come in. We were not property capitalized. We had to stretch $75,000. Yeah. For a bit. We had 75K was all we had to start a business our franchisees start out with way more than that and so uh if they follow the process it should never be regrettable and and uh they're they're in they're in, in control uh, and so um so yeah i mean it's it's night and day from what we come from and and and, and the upside is much better than that we had when we came into business as well yeah no no doubt and and yeah it's it's always scary right to make a, a life-changing decision but you know i i think for me the biggest mindset shift with with that because you know we had just had our first child when we started our first franchise business my wife came out of pharmaceutical sales where she had a pretty good you know income and stuff and and she kind of ran you know our first business but you know it's like that's scary but it's also scary to to think about wanting to do something and never having the the courage to do it and then having that regret for the rest of your life and and the mindset yeah. shift for me was i've become far more scared of regret than I have of, you know, taking a, a perceived risk, like starting, starting a business. Amen. Yeah. And, and you know, look at it. Elon is releasing those uh, Tesla robots in like a year or two. And so uh, what really sucks is, you know, you're sitting at your desk at 55 and, you know, they can you for the Tesla robot and yeah. that's a reality. I mean, waiters, uh, corporate jobs, everything, AI, uh, is coming in. And so to sit there and just, you're, most people are working to replace themselves. Yeah. That's all they're doing. You're going in, you're building systems to replace you and put you out of a job. And so uh, that's the biggest regret ever. And to know that and be aware and conscious of it and still do it with your family, that's kind of unforgivable regret as well. Your children yeah. should be mad at you. So regardless of what franchise or business you do, just do something 
uh, so you don't have to, you know, pass away like that. Yeah. Do, do something for yourself. Right. I mean, my, my business is path to freedom and, and, you know, on the podcast, we talk a lot about franchising, but we don't exclusively talk about franchising, right. But there's many ways that you can create freedom for yourself, you know, through business ownership, franchising is a great vehicle for that. You know, if it's with the right franchise, but there's other ways to do it. But I think at the end of the day, what we're all striving for is, is freedom, right? We won't, we won't control. We want to control how we spend our time, who we spend it with. It's, it's much more difficult to do that when you're beholden to a, a job, right? And, and you're built at the end of the day, you're building something for someone else. Why not put the same amount of time, energy, and effort into building something for you and, and for your family? So I, I love the way you guys think about this and, and, you know, the passion that you guys have for not only the business, but also for helping, you know, your franchisees come in and, and be successful and get off to a, to a great start. I mean, I, I can clearly see how passionate you guys are about it. So, you know, for, for someone looking at this opportunity and, and, you know, we don't have to get too crazy detailed on the numbers, but I, I imagine some people are, are wondering like, all right, so how much capital are we talking about? You mentioned Carlton that, you know, you guys have learned how much capital someone really should have to properly launch this business. Give us, give us kind of a ballpark range. I know it varies depending on what market someone's in. Are they doing, you know, multiple locations or just one, but, you know, give us kind of just a, a ballpark range of what someone should be expecting from a capital requirement standpoint. I, item seven. Now we just updated. I think item seven now, the high end is like 625, 625,000. Okay. But that's like, you know, for someone who doesn't understand item seven, that's going to explain every detail yeah. and cost that you're going to have when getting into the franchise. And I mean, when you look at our item seven, it's so detailed. I mean, like everything is accounted for there. When I tell you everything, everything from your construction to paper clips, you know what I mean? Like medical supplies, like the littlest things are all included in that. Um, it also has a cushion for you in there for, um, I believe it's like 90 days of uh, working capital. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it yeah, could be so, on the, it could be on a lower end too. The, the biggest course. cost in there is construction. Yep. Um, and sometimes you can find a second gen place that, you know, like we were talking about earlier that went out and you're like, Oh, the layout's perfect. We'll just make it look forever young. Give it the forever young facelift. That's a cheap, Entry. Yeah, you're going to save a, a ton on that. So yeah, for, for those yeah. listening, item seven, that's something that that's in a disclosure document every franchisor provides to someone researching their franchise. And, and that range that's given, that's like Dennis said, an all-inclusive kind of range. That's initial fees, that's all your expenses to get a location up and running, plus whatever working capital the franchisors recommending that you have on hand. We would also like to point out though with that number, uh, we typically like to see someone with about 30 to 35% down. Uh, so okay. you can finance yeah. this S SBA. Yeah. We are registered with SBA. You can't finance this. Uh, we'd really like to see somebody with about 200 to 200, 225,000 uh, to put down yeah. to feel comfortable moving forward. And then, then everything else is going to be elbow grease and, and following the process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it doesn't all have to come, come out of pocket. Great point. Yeah. So even, even we have franchise, you know, we have franchisees that they're, you know, have the money. You know, but like if you can use someone else's money, it's it's always easier, right? To I've, do, but I've worked with some very high net worth people over the years to help them get into a friend. I've never seen anyone just completely come out of pocket for the entire investment, even if they could yeah. have stroked the check for for everything yeah. right on the spot. 
because you're exactly right. If you can use someone else's money or, you know, there's other options where you can leverage existing assets, lines of credit on the stock yeah. portfolio or, or things of that nature. Um, 401k rollover. Yeah. Yeah. happens all the time. So um, I, I would imagine another question that, that some of the folks listening would have is, you know, cause you guys have talked a little bit about the staffing requirements, needing nurses and things like that. You know, if you listen to the news these days, recruiting, you know, it's it's tough. It sounds like in, in most industries. What does that look like for a new franchisee? Because I can imagine that being intimidating for some people. You know, how am I going to find all the people with the appropriate, you know, licenses or certifications that I need, you know, to operate this business? What does that look like? How are you guys able to help? So it, it is very intimidating to new franchisees. They're very intimidated by this. Yeah. And then once we kind of explain it to them, they calm down and relax. It's not, it's not as scary as, as, as you're thinking it would be. Cause you're like, how am I going to find a doctor and a nurse practitioner and medical assistant? Like, how am I going to do that? But it's, it's actually, you know, the hardest position is to hire and keep is the, is the front desk person. The I person that's that. going to answer I your phones, that. check people in, check people out. That is going to be more of a revolving door in that position than any other. Since day one, we have our same nurse practitioner and our same doctor. Of course, we've added more to the uh, to the team, but right. we still have those initial people. Um, they're out there. There's a lot of them. We do have a um, a partner in a recruiting um, with the recruiting business okay. that can help with that if they can't find them. But we right. always like to help the franchisees start with like their net their net uh, their network. You know, like maybe you have a friend that's a doctor or a relative, or maybe you're you're close with your doctor. You know, it's something you can ask them. And if they say no, they might say, you know what? I can't, I'm busy, but I know this other guy or this other woman that can, that might be able to help you. And sometimes you hire the doctor and the doctor brings their own nurse practitioner and nurse, you know? So like, it's not as difficult as it seems. Um, so yeah, it's not, it's not that bad. Yeah. You guys are able to point them in the right direction. Like here's who you need. Here's where we've had success. Other franchisees have had success finding the people. And then you've got you know, a partnership with a recruiter that can help too. For the, for the doctor, I'm, I'm curious what, when you say hire a doctor, like, so let's say like, I've got a doctor, he owns his own practice. He's had it for probably 20 years or more. If I opened a forever young in my area and went to my doctor and said, Hey, I want to hire you for this business. Does that mean he has to shut his practice down and come work exclusively for me? Or he's doing, he's just kind of got, got both going on. Yeah, both. I mean, okay. his role, his role with our practice is more of like a supervisor, supervisory it's role, oversight, uh, oversight. So yeah. the doctor is going to set protocols for the nurse practitioner and the PA. And in most states, nurse, nurse practitioners and PAs can do almost as much as the doctor. Yeah. So once yeah. he sets that protocol and says, these are the things I'm allowing you to do under that protocol, they can pretty much, they can do everything needed in the office. Um, and then he's there for mainly just oversight, but like our medical director looks at every single patient's blood work and physical, okay. um, just to really understand each patient's health and makes the d determination on which programs they should be on and which they shouldn't. But these are all things that are done behind the scenes where he doesn't need to actually be there all the time. You know, when he has, you know, an hour or two, two during the day, he can sit down and start looking at all the ones that he has for that day. Um, he could do it remotely. He could do it in office. You know, he stops and here and there, but then you can do most of it remotely. So it's really a way for a doctor to, to set up another 
revenue stream Reven- yeah, for themselves. Exactly. I mean, that's, it almost sounds like a no brainer, you know, to, yeah. to me, if I was a doctor and, and had my own practice. Um, yeah. So I'm glad we touched on that because I know how intimidating, you know, staffing is in, in many different businesses for, for people mm-hmm. looking at it. It sounds like you guys are really, really set up well to, to help a new franchisee with that. Um, Carlton, I think you hit on kind of the real estate piece earlier. You've got got all the support systems in place to help a franchisee find the right location, you know, manage the construction and the build out. Um, what is, what is, um, what is the, the initial staff need to like, how many employees is someone looking at to, to launch a location? Comes to, yeah, about four to five, uh, depending okay. on the role that the, that the yeah. uh, franchisee plays. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, like we started sense. out with a doctor, nurse practitioner, an esthetician who also helped with all the administration. Okay. And then the and then the two of us. So you can actually do it that way. And we re, we encourage it. We actually tell everyone, you know, wear as many hats as you can at the beginning because it's not like you're opening your doors first day and you're slammed, right? That's not right. how any business works, Get right? Ease into it. Yeah. Right. So do as much as you can until the point where you're like, I can't handle all of this anymore. And then you replace yourself for that position. But the great thing is, is that after doing that, you now know exactly how every position should be ran, right? So when you can hire, like Carlton and I used to answer the phones, book appointments. I mean, we clean toilets, like anything, like whatever we had to sure. do. Yeah. Um, but it, it allowed us to understand every part of the business and how it should operate. So when we step away from the front desk, if something went wrong, we're like, well, we had the system in the process. Did you follow it? Like how, how did this mistake happen? Cause if you followed it, it wouldn't have happened. Like we created the system, you know, um, yeah. which is what we're handing over to these franchisees. So, but yeah, at least, you know, medical director, nurse practitioner, um, esthetician, and then depending on what the franchisee wants to do, like you could just literally start with those three. Um, and then, you know, just add from there. Yeah. Awesome. So I, one more thing I kind of want to hit on to, and I think that'll give, listeners a, a pretty good you know overview of the business opportunity itself um what what is what are the different revenue streams right so you kind of walked us through the the fill your best look your best side of the business and, and i know you guys offer a lot of services you don't necessarily have to run down the the full menu but just kind of you know from a client's perspective what are, what are some of the different options that i would have you know if i came into a forever young and then Talk to me a little bit about how the the revenue streams are structured. Is this a membership type model? Um, you know, one time purchase, and what what does that kind of look like? So we we always tell people that um, before we even get to memberships, everything that we do when done properly is recurring in this business. Uh, okay, it, it, it should be like an annuity. So, and what I mean by that is. Think about what we're doing here. We're doing wellness and aesthetics. And so everything that we're doing in, in that arena requires maintenance. So a patient comes in for Botox treatment. Uh, we, we It typically lasts three to four months. So that person should be back in three to four months, right? And they should be back at least three times a year. Same thing with uh, hormone replacement patients. They're doing blood work. They are typically doing nutraceuticals. And so with that, we're doing maintenance. So those patients should be coming in throughout the year. That's already, that's without any memberships at all. And then on top of that, we have recurring memberships for the wellness side. We have recurring memberships for the um, aesthetic side as well. And we also have uh, try, try, like basically like try me out memberships for people who don't want to make the full commitment 
to see if they like it first and then, you know, transition into one of those memberships. And so it's, it's membership stacked on top of memberships. And so really cool story is when we were in COVID, everybody asked about that typically, like what happened during COVID? And we really saw the benefit of that off of the business aspect of, of, of memberships because we had to shut our business down for over two months. And um, at that time, the thing that really allowed us to navigate that was that we had recurring memberships and, 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 and loyal patients who continue to, to stay on those memberships because they're, they see the value in the services we offer. So we were able to optimize our business, remain profitable uh, through COVID, through the COVID shutdown um, with our membership models. And so that really kicks in. Uh, it really kicks in um, to protect the business as well. And, and it allows people to, um, to really uh, experience Forever Young on a consistent basis because yeah. the things that we're doing, sometimes people need a little kick in the ass as a, as a reminder, like, oh, I got to go in and get my face done. I need to go in and get my IV. The benefit is these things add value to them in every aspect of their life. So it's a win-win. Uh, we yeah. do it to, make, uh, to create value for the patients as well. So it's not just one side, like people are just giving us money every month. They're actually, sure. uh, we, we, we took a long time to develop our memberships um, and put a lot of thought into it to make sure the patient's getting as much value as possible uh, and that we're not just having people just recurring for no reason. Because a lot of businesses do that yeah. and they see drop-offs because there's no value, no reason for the patient to do that. And so that's a really cool part of a Forever Young is that all these things are kicking off in the background yeah. and you're, comp you're compounding on that to, to, to really annuitize your business. Yeah, no doubt. From an ownership perspective, you know, recurring revenue, it, it doesn't get any better than that. Um, so I appreciate you walking us through that. So um, kind of just just give us a, a quick rundown. Of, I know we talked about, you know, hormone replacement, IV. I, I guess maybe you guys did kind of give us the, the rundown, but just real quick, maybe a recap, um, you know, of, of the different services, and then we can, uh, you know, start wrapping this up. Yeah. So on the wellness side too, just like when we we're on the topic of COVID and all that, you know, that side of our business was actually deemed essential, right? Wow. So if we were yeah, if we were sense. if we were just a med spa, and all we did was the aesthetics, that is not essential. Shut down. Yeah. You're shut down. Zero revenue, right? So we had all the wellness revenue still coming in, um, and it's one of those things. It's like we saw that you know we we kind of. We, we kind of like to, we're not sure of this, you know, and I wouldn't want to say we're sure of it and something go wrong. Right. But we kind of feel like we're, we're recession proof mm -hmm. um, because all of these things, you know, they, they were studies that showed in like 2008 when people were, when everybody was losing everything, right. That people actually spent more money on self-care mm -hmm. um, whether it was like getting, you know, going to the gym more like, you know, nutrition, whatever, like just to make themselves better. Right. Yep. So we saw during COVID that, no one was dropping off on their hormone replacement product on their hormone replacement memberships because the pharmacy stayed open. Um, and once you started and you feel great, like you're not going to want to stop. Um, and if you do, you'll be back in two to three months because it'll affect you that much. Um, when you feel so great and then you stop, it's not, it's not, it's not a great feeling. Um, but yeah, on the wellness side, basically we have hormone replacement therapy, um, which attracts probably the most, the amount of patients on the wellness side, right? Because everybody kind of knows about that more. Right. Yeah. IV, th IV therapy is like, it's not as, uh, you know, people don't just, nowadays people are doing it more, but like people in the past weren't just going searching for IV therapy, right? I, I, went, and did it it. I went and did it for the first time Monday at a place yeah. here in my town. And, and 
just quick side note to kind of back up, you know, you guys' big differentiator. This place just does IV therapy. That's it. Yeah. You know, so, so I wouldn't be shocked if they're gone six months from now. Yeah. But um, <laughs> so. so every every place down here in South Florida that opens up just doing IV therapy, it's two it's two outcomes every single time. One, they go out of business mm -hmm. or two, they pivot and do everything we do. Right. There's there's no way to survive off just IVs. Yeah. You're never going to get rich off just IVs. It's it's great income. It's good margins. But there's just not enough people doing it yet. It's right. growing. It's growing. But that's why it's great to, as an add on for our type of business. Sure. Because the patient, yeah. the, the patient that's doing hormone replacement and other wellness services will, will most likely do an IV here and there. Oh, like um, for, but, for me, if, if I, if I had a place like forever young to like, I would 100% be a client, you know, uh, taking advantage of multiple services, you know, based on what I'm being told I need. Right. But yeah, if the IV therapy is there as an option, even if that's not what I yeah. came for, Oh, I'm, right. I'm getting so it. it. Um, and yeah. that's what I, I like so much about what you guys are building is it really is a one-stop shop and, and there's not much else out there like it, if anything, uh, I have mm -hmm. a business partner that started a cryotherapy business six years ago. We live in Wilmington, North Carolina, so it's not a huge market, but he was exclusively cryotherapy. And this is, you know, five or six years ago, it wasn't as well known as it is now. And it's still not, I, I would say mainstream, but he, he lasted like 18 months and then he shut it down for exactly the, the same reasons that, that you guys are talking about. It's, it's a great, add-on service, you know, that goes with other, you know, complimentary type services, but standalone, yeah. it, yeah, it just tough. wasn't, at least the timing wasn't right. So, yeah. Um, other things that we offer in the wellness side, we have our own vitamin line. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it's also based off blood work, we'll design the regimen for the patient. You know, it's not like we have, here's a hundred vitamins and here, take, take these and you know, you're going to feel great. It's, we're going to show you exactly why you would need one of those vitamins or supplements based off your blood work, tell you how it's going to optimize your functions, how you're going to feel from it. And then you can come and you're going to have to come back anyway to do follow up blood work and you're going to see the result uh, on there. So that's another thing that we do. Um, and then that's pretty much it. Like most, I mean, the most important part of the wellness side is the blood work. Yeah. Um, I like to talk about the blood work a little bit, get into it because the amount of blood work that we do is, is so extensive that I don't think I've ever seen a patient that didn't say this is the most blood work I've ever seen on myself. Or, you know, sometimes we'll have patients that come in and we tell them, Hey, look, you got to do blood work before we get started. And they're like, Oh, I just did blood work at my primary care. So I'll just give you that. Does that work? And I always just tell them, yeah, sure. You know, as long as it has everything we need, most Never primary does. care physicians don't even test enough to really determine how your health is. They just, they do such basic testing. I mean, I saw this with my best friend. I, he, he literally told me I could see it in him. He wasn't doing great. Like with his health, like his, he had gained weight. Like he just didn't look healthy. And I kept telling him like, you got to come in and just do our blood panel. He's like, I just did one of my primary cares and said, I'm fine. I'm like, just come do ours. It, he was not fine. There was a lot of things that were wrong on that blood test and we helped him with all of it. It was, and all it really was is lifestyle modification. It was eating better, exercising, taking some vitamins, we optimize his hormones, which he was very low in his hormones. If you're not optimizing your hormones, I, I love this one too. And I get the guy that comes in and his hormones are like nothing, right? 
And he's like, well, before I start, I'm going to like try to do this on my own and just start working hard because yes, if you do exercise and eat healthy regularly, it'll increase it some. Right. And, and the people that do that their whole lives, they tend to hold on to their hormone levels. They don't need hormone replacement uh, therapy till later in life right? where, you know, most people need it like late thirties, early forties. You know, these people might need it like late fifties or 60. Right. So these guys will say like, I'm going to try to do all those things on my own and then bring it up. And then if it doesn't work, then I'll come back. And, and I was just telling them, like, I encourage them to go do it. But in my head, I'm like, you're not going to really even do those things because you don't have the drive when you're, you would have been doing them already. Right. You're not um, like your levels are that low. You're not going to go do it. Even though like I encourage them to, and I, I cheer them on and you know, I want them to do it. Um, I, I put, I leave it, leave it off that way, but they, you're not going to have the drive. So once we set you up internally with optimal hormones, we optimize your hormones, we optimize your vitamins. Hydration is huge. It's a big one that most, almost every person that comes into our office is dehydrated. You can see the machine there behind uh, Carlton, the in-body that tells us hydration levels. Yeah. Um, once you fix all that, now you are set up like a well-oiled machine to go do what you have to do. Yeah. So once we set you up, you now you go and do what you have to do outside of the office, eating right and exercising, and the results are going to be better than you've ever had. And that's why that patient never leaves. They, they're a patient forever. It's an investment in yourself. And and I don't, I don't want to take us on too much of a tangent. And if, if you'd rather not even go there, just tell me. But so like I, I just recently, so I'm 35. I've got two kids under two and a five-year-old, right? Two businesses plus my consulting. Like I'm, yeah. I'm burning. And I, and like, I try to take good care of myself, but like last six months, my workout schedule has not been, you know, what it typically was eating, you know, not nearly as clean as I should be. So I, I got one of these like at home kits. I won't mention the name of the company, but you probably, yeah. you know, know the companies out there doing it, yeah. you know, pricked my finger, put some blood on the thing, sent it back. They sent me like my panel. And so I haven't done it yet, but at some point I've got a, you know, online consultation with a doctor, supposedly a doctor, and they're going to make some recommendations to me, uh, you know, for hormone replacements if I need them. And then I guess they'll ship them to me or I'll go to the, the pharmacy and pick it up. Mm-hmm. What what are your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously you guys have, have made it very clear to, to me, at least that if I had an option like forever young, that's a much better option than what I just described, but is that at least a step in the right direction versus doing nothing? Or, I mean, what are your thoughts? And like I said, if you don't want to go there, we'll, we'll edit. No, this we'll go there. Out. Yeah, we'll go there. All right. I, the first part to that is yeah, you're in the right direction because you're, you're looking into it, right? Like yeah. That's step one. So I'm glad to hear that you did that. Um, everyone should be looking into us around your age because after the age of 30, 35, things start to change after 40, even more. So if you come in at 35 or 40 and your blood work looks perfect, great. We'll tell you it looks perfect, pat you on the shoulder, let you leave. But that's not the end of it. Like things change all the time. You should be doing that same panel every six to 12 months. Okay. Because what's, what's optimal today is not necessarily optimal in six to 12 months. You could hit a wall and all of a sudden now you're like, hey, I was 800 testosterone and a year later now I'm 400. Like that happens. There's a lot of... There's a lot of contributing factors that can add to that stress, um, you know, lifestyle, all those things. Um, but it, it can happen, right? So don't just say, oh, well, I was told I was great, you know, a year ago. It doesn't mean you're still great. Like keep sure. checking. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, for, and especially for, for disease, right? Early prevention or early detection is, is key. Yeah. Um, so if you're doing, if you're most, this is, we see this a lot in guys, guys do blood work like once every four or five years, right. Or, or never, you yeah. know, we see this all the time that guys are coming into us and we tell them like, you're going to be doing blood work with us every 90 days. They're like, Whoa, 90 days. Yeah. 90 days, because we're going to keep up on your health. We're not going to just hand you off hormones and say, Hey, you know, go have fun with this. It's, we're going to monitor you very closely. So I'm glad to see that you looked into it. Um, you know, our model is a little bit different than the model you're talking about, but you know, ours is a little bit more personal care. Sure. You come yeah. into the office, you, you know, you're going to see it, you're going to personally physically see somebody. Um, and then all of our, um, all of our wellness, uh, patients get assigned to a wellness coordinator or wellness specialist. Um, so you have access to them anytime if you have a question or whatnot, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, and then, and then all the other services, in addition right. to that. Right. right. So, yeah. you know, yeah, you're not going to get it, an IV online, right? No, <laughs> not yet. At least you could. Uh, I mean, they have these at home services, but again, it's, you're going to pay an upcharge for that, but no doubt. sometimes it's great, but you know, our, if you come to our IV lounges, you'll see it's like a nice atmosphere is relaxing and the seats recline and you just hang out. So it's yeah. a nice atmosphere. All right. Well, we, we just need to work on getting a, a forever young in Wilmington, North Carolina. I'm sure it'll happen soon. We're, um, we're, we're, we're growing pretty fast. So. All right. So that's, that's the last thing I wanted to hit on. I don't want to take up too much of your guys' time, but you know, so we're recording this in May of 2022. Where is forever young today? How many franchise locations do you have open? How many in the process? And then the last thing I want to have you guys speak to is the vision. Where, where do you guys want to take this thing long-term? Forever Young today is at approximately 71 to 72 units in some form of development, either wow. open or are being opened uh, or slated to open. Um, we have a meeting every month where we bring on new franchisees. So I'm suspecting we'll add 10 more over the next wow. 30 days. Uh, we should be at no less than 105 to, to 110 by December of uh, 2022. And I don't see any reason why we can't duplicate that same process the next year. So I believe by the end of 2023, we should be at over 225 units at some form of development. Um, and, and again, you know, the mission here is to crusade with Forever Young across the United States, all 50 states, wherever there is a demographic that, that needs our services, where people are looking to feel better and look better. That's where we want to be. And we want to bring like-minded individuals like ourselves along for that journey um, and, and to create success in these markets. And so that's what it's looking like. Um, right now we have three corporate stores as well. And I believe you'll see a hybrid of that um, in the future as well. And okay. uh, right now we're, we're just kind of like Dennis was saying in regards to your franchise store, we are scaling up our franchise operations as we see fit. So we, we, we go balls to the wall, we, you reach expansion point, bring on more staff and keep scaling. Everyone wants to know how you're gonna support all that. Trust me, um, that is, top of mind all the time and we are adding people as we go and so yeah. um there our team will double probably by the end of this year and uh that's the outlook you know and and, and um we want to be number one uh we feel that we have the runway to be number one right now and and we want to retain that and uh we're open to competing uh, we like competing that's the fun part of this business and so um you know to anybody that's listening here um, you don't have to buy for every young if you want to get in that business. There's other people that do similar things, but we always like to tell people, dig deep, do your research, do your due diligence, check us out personally, check us out as a business, 
and do your research and, 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 and see what it is that separates us from everyone else and, and, and make the best decision possible. Um, and uh, that's, that's pretty much where we're at right now. All very well said. And, and I mean, that's just massive success. Um, so congratulations to you guys. And like I said earlier, it's clear to me that you guys are very focused on doing this the right way, not just selling as many franchises as you can, as fast as you can. Um, any, any thoughts of other, other categories that, that may make sense to get into at some point? Yeah. I mean, you know, um, you, you mentioned the cryo thing, right? Like that's a good add on, like that's something yeah. maybe down the line or hyperbaric chamber, like anything yeah. kind of wellness recovery. Like I could see that being added. That, um, that's the other thing that's so, so interesting to me about the business you guys are in. It's like, you know, especially as, as new technologies and, and just things become more mainstream, like the, the possibilities are almost endless in terms of other services that you guys could, could add on down the road. So, um, yeah. really cool. We well, look, to, I know, I say we try to keep it as medical as possible. So that's yeah. why we've never really gone that route, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, this has been amazing. I, I know I kept you guys a little bit longer uh, than than I had planned to, but to me, this is fascinating. I love what you guys are building here at Forever Young. Quickly, where can people learn more about Forever Young, see where you have locations if they want to go check it out as a client? Where can people that are interested in learning more about the franchise opportunity find you guys? Foreveryoung.com. Foreveryoung.com. You're going to find out about our actual business and then the franchise side and opportunities. Everything is on that page. We update it um, weekly. Uh, and if you want to do research into our history and background, we do a great job of cataloging that on our all of our social media. So Forever Young Boca or Fort Lauderdale or Parkland, those are our corporate stores. And we use those to set best practices for our franchisees. So instead of taking our word for it, you can actually see on a weekly basis what it is we're doing, how we do it, and kind of get that cadence to see if this is something that you, you know, you would enjoy. It, it, it's going to appeal to the right person. And so between the website and our actual day-to-day -day activities on social media, you're going to get a really well-rounded idea of what it takes to be forever young, what it takes to be a forever young owner, and, 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 and why we're so excited about what it is we do here. I love that's it. That's forever young with the number four. So if you're searching for us on, on the internet, um, you know, social media or um, on the website, the number four ever young. Um, it's not F-O-R, F-O-U-R. It's the number four. Yeah, we'll, we'll put links in the show notes to make it easy for everyone. Cool. Um, I deal with the same thing as I've got a two the number two in, in, uh, in my website instead of T-O. So I get it guys, okay. Dennis Carlton. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you. Really, really enjoyed, you know, talking with you, learning more about forever young, and I can't wait to, you know, see you guys keep building this awesome brand. So really appreciate you dropping in here on the path to freedom podcast. Thank you for having us. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at Path2FRDM.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.